Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. for part two of this episode yeah i'm ready for part two so in the end of the last one um so we had this conversation about conversation Mm -hmm. and it took us down a rabbit hole and you ended by bringing up this question of whether there were certain types of people um with whom conversation would be impossible Mm -hmm. and you talked about doctor patient you talked about parent child um administrator downward Mm -hmm. right and things like that and you basically said something like there's a kind of distance that's almost necessary because if someone's too close where they're in charge of you or you're dependent on them then there can't be an authentic conversation right yep and i think that's right Mm -hmm. um you know if we were to try and figure out how to organize those hierarchically in terms of like conversation possibilityness. I don't know which would go where, but the one with the administrator looking downward, because mm-hmm. the the employee looking upward, we said that's difficult because they're afraid, mm-hmm. right, and they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the administrator downward, I think they actually have more power in their hands to make it happen than the employee looking up Mm. because the employee looking up can never relieve their own anxiety or the you know the administrator's anxiety but at least in theory the person on top can try to make the other person feel comfortable can try to wipe away all of the dependence whether that's successful or practical no Hmm. Um, maybe not but i think they are if there is going to be a conversation it's on them to provide the conditions interesting because i think exactly opposite (laughs) okay how so um i think well not necessarily that the subordinate has the ability to start a conversation while the other one doesn't i think it's impossible the moment you are let's call it a superior to someone else Mm -hmm. that makes it absolutely impossible for you to have any conversation with somebody subordinate to you. So you don't think they could ever wipe away that? You can't because that is, well, first of all, that makes you, that makes it impossible for you to uh, appear as truly willing to have a real conversation. Mm-hmm. You are so opaque for the other one that whatever you say is going to be an expression of the power you exert on them. Mm-hmm. So this is the reason why I I don't have conversations with my students mm. while in class and until they're my students. And there are, you know this very well, there are opportunities to have conversations so many times students be like, oh, what do you think about this, right? Mm-hmm. And Because they're, they're, there is the want for them at least, you know, uh, 
again prima facie there's this want from them to to start having this more intimate conversation with you right mm-hmm. and me and i know you do the same thing we refuse that right mm-hmm. we say no because otherwise this becomes the official opinion about this thing mm-hmm. right and neither me or you nor you want this the truth is though that i don't think we could have a conversation with them regardless what about outside of class well i if i don't have to grade them anymore that's different okay uh, and I think you're right. It's about it's just like love, right? I don't necessarily, uh, I don't have anything against if you're, you know, if you're single, if you're whatever, if you end up having a a, a relationship with one of your students, right? As long as you don't have to grade the student anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. Um, it's your business. But until that is your student, you cannot fall in love with the student. Mm. Um, that because that will never be just love, right? Mm-hmm. Well, conversation is even stronger than this, I think. You are always exerting power, and power is the enemy of conversation, I want to say. Right? Mm. Um, because whatever comes out of your mouth, it is a representation of the power that you hold the other person. It also becomes like, or at least it, the perception is that whatever comes out becomes fair game for judgment exactly. in the eyes of the of the power holder, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think that while it is possible for the person who's at the bottom of this relationship to go crazy and be like, you know what? I'm going to have a conversation with this person about this. At mm. least try. I don't think that the other way is possible because you're always... <clears throat> I think that of the two people, the one that's at top is the one that's more conscious of the power structure that's there. Okay. I think that whoever is at the bottom is imagining how this power structure works. While who is at top knows exactly how this works. I experienced this when I got hired as a full-time professor. Mm -hmm. I imagined things to work in a way that was more, I don't know, nuance that he was mm-hmm. and then the moment i went to the from the other side i was like oh okay you am more you're more conscious of the way things are the moment you hold more power hmm. and i think that this removes the possibility for you to have this conversation and think about doctor patient right yeah the patient can try to strike a conversation with a doctor the doctor however i don't think he can hmm it's very difficult because you you have more knowledge about the things that we're discussing than the other person. And you hold more power because you're the practitioner there. And it's tough, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, just notorious B.I.G., more money, more problems, <laughs> more power, more problems, less Probably. conversation. Probably. Um, I, you're raising a really good point. Um a couple of one is that it can't happen two is that the person on top is more conscious of the thing than the person on the bottom why do you think that is do you think it's because when they're on top they are more like i have this role to play and i don't want to break the norms is it that i have more to lose is it something else you're talking about specifically the conversation aspect of it uh or why they have why do they have a better understanding of the power relationship? What are you asking? Why are they more constrained in general in relations? Because I think that if you have 
a better view, a more comprehensive view mm-hmm. of what's at stake there that will inhibit you more. So you have more to lose, or you're at least thinking that there's more to... I, I don't think it's just a matter of losing. I think it's just a matter of... It's like, okay, let's assume you, we are in a cage, and because I have more power, mm-hmm. I am geographically higher up than you, right? Like you're taller. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I'm able, or I'm, you know, standing somewhere that's taller, and because of this, I'm able to see all of the wires <laughs> of the cage that I'm in. Mm-hmm. But if you are underneath. You don't see all the constraints and the wires. So you mm-hmm. feel that there is more freedom. And therefore, you can go crazy and say, you know what? There is this this little opening there. I'll go there. Right, right, right. Well, for the other person, there is no opening ever, mm. I think, just by the nature of the relationship. And, and so in the same way you would say it's not good for a, a student-teacher relationship, would you also say it's not a good idea for someone to be in a relationship with their boss? True. Okay. True. But I, again, I don't think it's a matter of losing. I think it's oh, losing something or gaining something. It's just a matter of the position that you're in makes it impossible for you to spark a conversation. It's like me. It's like having scotch tape on your mouth. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say because to use a metaphor, you're not eye to eye. Yes. Right. Your vantage point is totally different. Yes. Okay. Understood. And I and I'm wondering if you think that this is the case also with parents' child. I, I was just gonna bring that up. Um, well, as someone with no kids, <laughs> all I can... Well, but you are a kid. You were a kid for someone, right? Yeah, so I was going to say I can tell you about my perspective being uh, a little kid looking up. Um, I know that I thought it was possible to talk to people. And maybe it was because, you know, like the person in the cage, I wasn't aware of all the wires behind the scenes. I wasn't aware of all the limitations. Um, you, you know, there was just, it, I was just so much more like open and, and free in some sense and eager. So my favorite, like, okay, when, when I was a little kid, I was not super, and you know, the stereotype, stereotype, you know how typically men are more aggressive, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. little boys, right? I wasn't like that. I obviously was very introverted and like intellectualized things and that's that's why i'm doing what i'm doing today um and liked games and art and those kind of things so i did like strategy which is a male thing but i also liked conversation i was interested in talking to people mm-hmm. and so instead of playing with other kids i would love like sitting at the adults table and just hearing them talk and talking to them and so some of my favorite people and memories involved just that involved hearing adults have conversations right and feeling like i was part of that and my favorite people were the ones that always tried to speak to me when i was little right not just play with me and just do i don't know Mm -hmm. surface level moves but actually like be there with me so i think that you know i wanted to have conversations and i thought it was possible um the question is i don't know what that's like from the other end all i can tell you is my brief experience with children which is like because i have nieces mm-hmm. uh and they're like five and three i believe mm-hmm. 
And I know that I see some people interact with them the way that they would interact with a dog. Mm-hmm. Right? And I do not do that. I try to, like, talk to them and ask them questions and play with them and really be, like, as if I was a child with them. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, that's something that an adult figure will do at least sometimes. But... Okay, a couple of things about that. Yeah. Right? So let me let me Got yeah, it. let me know. No, I was going to say let me hear what you So I have a question for you but and an observation about this last thing that you said. I'll start with the observation. Okay. Um I'm thinking you're saying that you put yourself at their level in order for you to talk to them. I try to be there not in a way where I'm othering myself. Exactly, right? So you're trying to speak their language because i rem- i have vivid memories of what it was like to be little so and you and of course you don't want to be condescending right you you are trying to be yes as childlike as possible without yes. you know, being condescending but this is something that you do i think well first of all because they're your nieces and not your kids mm. <laughs> uh that doesn't mean that with your kids you cannot do that you can do it i try to do it um, but there is still, you're forcing yourself to do that, right? It doesn't come natural. You're kind of doing it because this is the way you, you don't want them to feel the way you felt, right? You don't want them to uh, to feel treated like a dog or anything like this or like mm-hmm. a doll, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's understandable. That's That's good. But I don't think that from there, you can truly have a conversation with them. Okay. They might be. They might be under the illusion, or having a conversation with you, or maybe they're having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. But definitely, you're not having a conversation with them. Which is very interesting. Yes. Because that would be an example of a one-sided conversation, which can happen. And might. Well, maybe we'll talk about this later. Only with kids and somebody that has some kind of mental illness and nobody else. Because there's the as if for them. Yes. There's like the belief as it, it, it is as if I'm doing this thing. Yes. And so they, it can be there. And sometimes they play both parts. They're using you as a mirror almost. Hmm. Uh, but then the other question, the real question I have for you is, um, I know you just said that you like to be sitting at the adult's table and listening and mm-hmm. kind of remembering this. Let me ask you a question. Do you can you remember an impactful real conversation that you had with any of your parents? So it's tough for me because it was just my mom mm-hmm. and and my grandmother. Uh, grandmother doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count, right? Yeah. No, but can you can you remember a conversation with your mom? And of course, I'm not talking about now. So but let's say until you were right before you were a teenager, or even while you were a teenager. So quick thing. With uh, so, and we don't um, have to talk about this. No, 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 no. It's it's. My mom like worked a lot, mm-hmm. so we did things together, obviously. But when I say the conversation thing with adults, so we lived in like a a very small city mm-hmm. where, you know, it was very old fashioned, like very fifties. Mm-hmm. Everyone lived in the town. You would walk to this person's house that was right around the block. Hey, I was at this person. Hey, hey. So it was like very close family between my aunts and my cousins, and like we were all mm-hmm. sibling like. Um, 
So that's what I mean. Like when they would all be gathering yeah, and I would no, be at the table and I would. So would I just transfer the question over to that? I think it's different because that's the peculiarity of the relationship. So hmm. I'm wondering, you know, I wish we could call somebody. Uh, but you, I'm thinking of what you said about Claire at the beginning of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. That the fact that her mom was talking at her, right? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if she I was ever, she was ever satisfied with a conversation she might have with her mom, or you know, same thing for my wife. I don't think this, and I'm thinking about this because I was thinking, well, same thing I hear from my from my wife about mm-hmm. her mom. I'm wondering if that is even possible, right? And okay. I don't remember, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom for the larger part of when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Then she went to work later. She came. She went back to work later. But I still don't remember any meaningful conversation, if I think about it now, right? So you're making, I think you're making a distinction between adult-child conversation, which is more possible, yes. versus parent-offspring. Correct. So it's one thing if it's like a cousin or an aunt or an uncle or a family friend and yeah. a kid yes versus like a mom or yeah. a dad and the, their child the actual parent and i think you're right then i've never i yes, I, right. I think that there is something there i don't think it's possible for a parent to have a conversation with the child well, it was interesting because i've always been a little upset about that i don't think it's their fault or the but fault but you're saying it's not peculiar yeah. to this this nope i mm. think it's the nature of the relationship that makes it impossible now should you be able to have a conversation now with your mom probably i don't know mm. but still till today i don't think i've had a true conversation with them i now that i understand what you're saying i would agree and i think that's interesting do you try? Absolutely. I've tried plenty of times, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the role that they play in my life. And things are, I want to say, things have gone better mm-hmm. since they got older. Meaning that now, it's just strange. But and, and I'll, I'll go back to it in a second. Otherwise, I forget. So I think this is interesting, the fact that you're going to have this conversation but I think that it's them that they're unable to have a conversation with us, let's say, if we're talking about parents, right? Mm-hmm. Because we as children tried because we knew the result of what you're talking about. When mm-hmm. you talk to your niece and your niece is talking to you and she's having a real conversation. Mm-hmm. So you see that and you try to replicate that with them. But they put up a wall from the eyes of the child. So you cannot have that conversation either. I think it's on them, but not because they're bad at it, mm-hmm. but just because the role that they play, the relationship that they have with you makes it impossible for them to have this conversation. So do you think it's it's ultimately on both parties or one more than the other? Like, so when if you try to have a conversation with, like, your son, for example... Mm-hmm. Do you think it's impossible because he's always going to be like, oh. No, it's because of me. It's because of you. Yes. Yes. I I think it's the same thing as the boss. Mm. I uh, was going to say you're like administrator. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. <sighs> and I was saying it's interesting, I think, also another thing, that um, the thing you were asking before, right? 
is it like um what were we saying the the that i said we'll, we'll go back to it um, oh god damn it um i remember you saying it i don't remember the, the content so we we were talking about the, this relationship that that we might have as children mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with the parents and the parents being the one oh yes I, for, I remember the one that that the kind of this distance I was saying things that got better with my parents now that they're older mm-hmm. and what I find interesting is that now that they're old, the older they get the more they will like to have conversation with me. Hmm. But now I seem to be the one who cannot have a conversation with them. And this is, you know, some people might say it's some trauma. No, it's nothing mm-hmm. like that. I think that my role at this point as the one who's at least partially taking care of them makes it impossible for me because to have a conversation. Because you're now like the parent. Exactly. Wow. Which... I think it's interesting. Why is that? Why is it that it makes it impossible? But again, I you can ask, I'll bet you a coffee that if you ask 100 people, if they have never had, ever, ever had a true conversation with their parent, like 90 of them will say right, no. Like the overall, yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I have never been in this situation, so I trust you. I'm I'm wondering like what what does it say that about conversation itself, right? Does it say that you need to be kind of on the same level, you need to be a peer? Well it seems so to connect this to some theory, quote unquote. <laughs> um so Gadamer in, in Truth and Method talks about this idea of a like fusion of horizons. And that like each person is standing at a particular vantage point, and from that vantage point they have um, some field, right? That 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 they're looking at, so to speak. And what happens in a conversation is the two dots at the two different vantage points with the two different horizons are the horizons are suddenly becoming one. So there's a fusion of this horizon. What is the horizon? Well, um, it's it's he would say tradition is mm-hmm. a big part of it. Um, which for him is very much rooted in language. Mm-hmm. But if I were to bring me into it, I would say this involves values, expectations, all the qualities we were talking about in the beginning. It's like a, a whole world mm-hmm. to bring that into the mix. And maybe it's that because there are things a parent has that the kid can't know about, either because it would be inappropriate or because their mental capacity literally forbids it, there cannot be a fusion of horizons because there's some of my horizon that cannot, you know, it's like it's like the door is locked on your end. But that will be true up to a certain point, though, right? Well, I think that there is a moment in your life, say when, I don't know, let's make arbitrary number, when you're 20. Okay, I right? get what you're saying. Well, where you can have access of all knowledge, there's nothing inappropriate about knowing something, right? Yeah, yeah. And, Hopefully you have the mental capacity to understand what's going on. Uh, but I'm saying is that, and still, that doesn't happen. It has to be something with the role, right? Do, do you think like there's, there's a lack of trust? I don't know. No, I don't think so. From the parent perspective, you mean? Or do you think it's like a kind of like Sartre and bad faith where you're like, I have to, I am first and foremost this role, so like I can't escape this role when I am with uh, the person? I, so that could be one thing. Uh, 
but of course you wouldn't I don't think they parents do that um willingly mm-hmm. if that happens mm-hmm. but I'm also wondering if if there is something about so there are two things there I think one thing is to do with the difficulty that each parent has to give agency to their kids no matter how old their mm. kid is they're I, always my baby exactly okay. so you're always talking to them in the best of the possible worlds to avoid for them to be hurt right mm. you're trying to protect them any way you can and this prevents you so there's like a weird conflict of interest it's like it's like you can have a conversation with somebody you were trying to protect at all times because conversation by definition is dangerous correct so mm. that cannot happen and since you are a parent you cannot do that with your kid because you're always trying to protect them and now mm. the reverse role that i'm seeing is because i'm the one trying to protect them right? yeah so i'm wondering if that is the issue if the issue is the impossibility for the parent to put his or her child at some form of a risk. That's super interesting. I'm wondering, do you think there's also some element of when you, there's a relationship of authority, you can't have a leveling out of the two parties because to do that is to you know, do away with the authority itself. And so it's like, you don't have a conversation with your student mm-hmm. because it's like, no, we're not on level playing field. At the end of the day, there is some kind of like authoritative position that I am positing, that I am mm-hmm. doing this thing. And do you think that similarly, the reason why you as a parent or anyone as a parent can't do that has to do with it's like, well, I can't pretend or make it so that we are equal in terms mm. of opinion. There has to be a like, no, at the end of the day. It's so... I don't know, because sometimes it's like there's this idea that at the end of the day, I'm your father, I'm not your friend, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, If that's what you mean. I like to think, well, this might be there Mm -hmm. somehow in the back of my mind, right? But I also believe that I think it's more of 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 the protective layer to mm-hmm. it rather than anything else because again this thing that which you're talking about eventually should fade right there should be a moment in which we are mm. even briefly on the same level and yes. then because you both become adults exactly okay and then we but this does still doesn't happen right your experiment I, here is proving pretty true i'm tr- i am <laughs> i like to blame my parents for some <laughs> things <laughs> Um, but it's parenthood. I think right? so. I think so. And uh, I think that sometimes, you know, in the spirit of what we were saying also at the end of the last episode, you know, when we were saying, you should always ask what you mean by that, right? Mm-hmm. I think that in this case is if you are the child and if you are the parent as well, you should always think of the fact that maybe some things happen not because the person is not performing at the best level uh, when it comes to their role, but maybe it's their role that makes it impossible for them to behave in any way different. And some people cope with, some parents will cope with this mm-hmm. by talking at you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Some parents will cope with this, I don't know, by yelling at you. Uh, some parents will cope with this by not talking much to you. Hmm. Um, and I think these are all coping mechanisms that the person with power has to cope with the fact that they, you still know that the other side is longing for something that you cannot give them. So I suppose one... In a, in a, at least unconsciously. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's that's definitely possible. I'm wondering, so the, the we should make a long-term study here, right? So, you know, in 10 to 15 years, we come back and we say, hey, how has this changed with yeah. you and your son or daughter? Is it the exact same or are there some differences? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm... I'm thinking most of the things that I'm thinking about. I, so I have small kids, right? Mm-hmm. My son is 12. My daughter is eight. I'm thinking more of me being the child and the change that I've seen. So the experience of, from that perspective and kind of understanding, trying to figure out why things were in a specific way because I'm try, I'm starting to see the way I am with my kids, mm-hmm. which is... If you ask me, not even remotely close to the way <laughs> my parents were with me, but the result seemed to be the same. Hmm. And I catch myself kind of not having conversation with them. Uh, because I, it's like the... Because it's impossible. Yeah. Because I can't. The structure itself seemingly forbids it. Yes, yes. Because it becomes either a lecture or it becomes, uh, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm, or it mm-hmm. becomes... But again... If I had to find a reason why my parents did it, and I'm still looking for the reason why I do it, but I think it goes in that direction, it's got to be protection. It's got to be the fact that you are in protective mode with your kid forever. Uh, And of course, there are exceptions to the rule, right? There are parents that are horrible parents. They don't care about protecting their kids. Mm -hmm. But this, sometimes if I think about it, these are sometimes the kind of parents that are also very friendly with their kids, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're friends with their kids, and then their kids, like, you know, ends up doing things they're never supposed to. No, definitely. That that's that seems to be an issue where there's, like, no discipline, no structure whatsoever, where it's like, no, we're just, like, best friends. We hang out, do whatever you want. Yeah, go have sex and do drugs. We can talk about that. I'm cool. Yeah, and, I'm, yeah. and I'll guarantee you that they have conversations, <laughs> uh, which is crazy. Uh, but the moment there is a little bit more distance, mm-hmm. then this thing can happen. So you can have conversation with your siblings. You can have conversation with your grandparents. Yeah, with your cousins, with your aunts. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's just, I think the closeness, wow, extreme closeness, forbids conversation. Okay, I got a, I got a question. Yeah. What about us mm-hmm. and this thing <laughs> we do? This podcast thing? Yeah. I think they are conversations. I mean, I, this, I is, this is the appeal, right? Like the difference between... Uh, a television show and whatever and a podcast is and the reason why people like podcasts is because it's open authentic vulnerable conversation and people like you know feeling like me as a little kid being part of this thing yeah and i think that i i don't remember if we made this clear before there's no rehearsing this oh yeah no right right we don't we don't rehearse any of this does mean we don't study sometimes if depending what we're talking about i'll I'll go read something that I, if so we're talking about the pre-Socratics, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll go look at, to remember the specific term of something. But if at the end of the day, that term that I looked at doesn't come up in conversation, mm-hmm. I won't even use it. It's, and and I, you know, whenever you're like, oh, what do you want to do? I'll be like, 
I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah. see where it ends up. Exactly, exactly. We we have a list of topics mm-hmm. that we want to explore, but that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that this so this specific thing, I'm hoping is a conversation. Uh, I believe it is. Now, can me and you have a conversation about everything? My hope is yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But am I certain of it? I don't know. It's we we know how long have we been knowing each other? What is it like? Like four years. Four years or so. something like that. Um, but we've been doing this. We've been closer. Let's say the last couple of years. Last like two years. Two years. Yes. Yeah, I think so. So I think we are, and we have had conversations about stuff, right? Yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. But I think that. There is room for improvement there. Well, always. And there's room for disaster as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely the case. I mean, so when we do these things, right? So this is like the most direct of the meta right yeah. now. But I, when it works well, I don't think about it. Absolutely. Right? I think, and I'm going to make a bold statement here. I think this episode on conversation. Mm-hmm was the most conversational <laughs> conversation we've had. Agreed, agreed. Because it's not a conventional philosophical topic as well, right? Right, because there's like, there's, I don't know, we're exploring, where is this going to go? I don't know, mm-hmm. questioned. Agreed, agreed. I, I think that probably the, the very first one was also like this. Uh, even though it seemed more regimented, right? More specific, I think that hmm. there was also... None of the other ones were not genuine. All of them were, I want to say. I don't think we have. There might be some that it's more difficult for us to get things going, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, all of them end up being conversational, hopefully good conversations. Right, right. (laughs) Which leads me to one question. Mm -hmm. Can, is there the possibility, so are all conversation good (laughs) or can somebody have a bad conversation? Because that seems an oxymoron, right? A bad conversation. It does seem like that. Um, and what would that look like? I guess the question is, is a bad conversation a conversation exactly. or a bad thing that looks like a conversation? Exactly. That's the question. I want to say, well, there's too many things floating in my head right now. I mean, it, I guess it kind of depends on what you mean by bad. Mm. Could you be disappointed after a conversation? Absolutely. Sure, of course. Absolutely. I mean, think of serious conversations you've had with your friends where, like, it's a real conversation, or, or with your spouse, yeah. right? Serious conversations where things upset you. So in yeah. that sense, absolutely. But if we mean bad in another sense, like, I don't know, did you have something else in mind? Like, not a good quality conversation, right? Not a good quality conversation. Something that, you know, that then you think about it. I was like, yeah, that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I would be willing to call those non-conversations. Because okay. gotcha. there's there's things, so like, obviously, there's certain people that you can have certain kinds of conversations with and not others. And sometimes with my friends, who I am otherwise very close with, there's certain things I cannot talk about. Uh, philosophy, one of those things. <laughs> Anything, like, in terms of technical... Um, stuff mm-hmm. like this. It just, just doesn't no. work, right? Yeah. Um, and that's on the one hand because I have all these, like, how would you say, 
years of baggage behind everything I'm saying and then the context is lacking. But also, like, I take interest in this and maybe they don't take interest in this. But then there's also a kind of weird authoritative thing where it's like, hey, maybe I shouldn't Mm -hmm. participate in this because I don't do this. And then there's also the, hey, that shit you're saying is crazy. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, philosophy, what is that? Yeah. Um, So in situations where I've had little communication breakdowns, with those people, not just about philosophy, but anything, I do reflect on things and I'll be like, you know what? There wasn't really a conversation. It was just kind of like an exchange of opinions, vague emotional statements. Like it's not like, so you know how, like when we do this thing, yeah, it's kind of like we're just floating, yeah. right? And like yeah. dancing and doing this thing. It's not like that. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not like that. I hear you. And so are those things conversations or not? I don't know. Is screwing around with your friends, like just drinking and hanging out a conversation or not? That's another question. Uh, Messing around. Depends, right? It's certainly not it's, it's, in this sense that no, we're talking about. No, no, no. It seems to be something different. And that's why I probably would call it something different. And which is also important. Yeah. And that's, right? that's not to, to be underestimated, right? But it's a different thing. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely different. It's absolutely different. I'm thinking of the thing that you just said before, right? Where you were saying that some conversation can upset you, right? Mm-hmm. Can be upsetting or disappointing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I was thinking, I was thinking about the fact that probably one of the reasons why today it's very difficult to have conversations with people is the unwillingness of people to get disappointed or hurt. Mm. Which will go back to the parent stuff, right? So the conversation is impossible in the parent-child thing because the parent doesn't want to hurt the child. Mm -hmm. Conversations in general are difficult because nobody is willing to take the risk to get hurt, Hmm. to to leave a meeting with someone, let's say an encounter with someone, Mm -hmm. feeling not the greatest. Yeah, I mean, it's very much like... Because, so I have a very specific thing in mind, but... <laughs> but it's not the case. Um, it's not good to have a conversation about this in public. Yes. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Like I'm having... Yeah. Um, so there was this idea that I've heard from a person. <laughs> um, and, and the idea was basically that what people do is they tend to identify themselves with the content of their thoughts so strongly that when the content of the thought gets challenged, it is taken as a personal attack. Yes. Right? Um, and people are afraid of that. It's the opposite, the, the contrary of the straw man, right? Yeah, I guess it's something like, it's like, it's an oversensitivity that results in, like, the inability to have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and the manifestation of dogmatism and the extreme kind of relativism which i say is like relativism for me absolutism for you in other words i get to say whatever and like you just don't um but so i think what happens is people don't realize that you could just think and like say things and have a conversation and that's fine and it doesn't mean when things come out of your mouth that you have to believe everything you say maybe you're just exploring Mm -hmm. and it also doesn't mean that you have to 
when you say something, I have to interpret that as the worst possible version of the thing you're saying, <laughs> yeah. even if you define it in a totally different way. So everyone's just always on the attack, right? So I think it's a combination of I'm really vulnerable because I don't want to be upset and also, but I'm such a good person. So everything you say is bad and evil, so I could just attack you. So it's it's bad. It's yeah. bad. I think that the, the, the main issue there is this. So I think that one of the logical fallacies of which we had talked about is the this ad hominem attack, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of an extension of this is what pos- what's poisoning our ability to have a conversation. Mm. Meaning that now... We have done this a dominant thing for so long that now it is impossible for us to dissociate the person with the thing that they say. Mm-hmm. So, and and the opposite is true. So, the moment I attack the thing that you say, immediately I'm attacking the person as well. Right, my identity, my personhood. Exactly. exactly. So this is is working differently, right? So we're used to see it in philosophy as. I'm attacking the person in order to undermine the concept mm-hmm. that might not be necessarily related. But now this bond has become so strong in our head that even the opposite is true. Mm. I'm attacking the concept, therefore I'm attacking the person. Oh, that sucks. And I think that at the end of the day, when we talk about conversations, uh, if I would have an advice for anybody, <laughs> will be... Free advice, you know, <laughs> you get what you pay for, right? Um, there will be two things. First of all, be charitable to the person you're talking with uh, in any case because that person might have just a genuine idea to want to have a conversation with you. And as you said, it might just like, be exploring stuff and be willing to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. So don't think that this person is attacking you. <clears throat> And on the other hand, if somebody is a bad conversationalist, somebody who keep on, keeps on breaking the opportunity to have a conversation, again, think of them not as a think of this not as a personal thing, but rather explore explore the role that this person plays in your mm-hmm. life, explore the role that this person plays in society in general, because if anything of the, what we said is true, there might be specific roles. That forbids you to have conversation hmm. with someone, a group of people, a specific person, or even everyone. You might be in a position where you cannot have any conversation at all. Mm. I don't know I'm gonna the president maybe yes. was responsible yes. for an entire nation. That public figure cannot have a conversation with anybody. Uh, you know, a famous musician. Mm. cannot really have a conversation with his fans. Yes, yes. Uh, And if you start reflecting on these things, maybe you'll find out that people just don't hate you. They just are in a (laughs) position that... Yeah, I think those are are good piece of advice. What I would add to is um, always make sure you're clear about what the other person is saying. Yeah. Because they might be saying something other than what you think that they're saying yeah so you need to take the time to carefully unpack like what do you mean by that because it may not be as loaded as you think it is things are much more nuanced than it seems you don't just go around throwing around buzzwords and freaking out like that's not how life works <laughs> and well, it, it seems to be like well, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the good life with a capital g word exactly. um the other thing i would add is don't 
assume that the other person is your enemy. And the extension of that would be, don't assume that anyone who has an idea that deviates from yours is an enemy. Mm-hmm. Right? Definitely. Maybe you share the same values but prescribe different solutions. Maybe you have different values, but that's fine. And you could mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, you know, maybe uh, a person is not just a caricature. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's this thing that happens where if you express an idea, the other person's automatically like, oh, I know where you're going. I know you're, you're one of the... You're. And, I mean, the fact that, like, people embrace caricature culture is very sad it is it's very very sad so not good things no absolutely absolutely and i and i think that that is the essence of of what you need to do and again thinking again it's dangerous business right it Uh, can't end well because think about it the only alternative to conversation is conflict or small talk. <laughs> or small talk. <laughs> uh, no, it is. It is conflict. And I and I think that there needs to be a willingness, again, though, to to take in consideration the fact that it doesn't have to be that way, right? It doesn't have to be. We're, some, we're putting ourselves in a state of war. Yes. And we do not have to be in a state of war. Yes. and But I also believe that it is possible to have different stages right so you can have conversation with people which means that you are building meaning together and meaning comes from and again the meaning that you're building i'm gonna give hegel what hegel deserves (laughs) it's a synthesis sometimes from two antithetic Mm -hmm. points of view which is what the conversations where the conversation starts and where the conversation ends right uh, that is the extent of the value of the dialectic has. Uh, <laughs> That's but, it. That's what you got to take away. Um, but then there is also the 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 conflict aspect. But then there is a third mode that you can have, which is just the small talk aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Just ignore, right? Just, just ignore. Just be just be on a different on a different level. But I think that the conversation uh, lifestyle leads you to the good life and to living. Uh, a life that's meaningful. The small talk leaves you to a, a technocratic kind of uh, of life, and the conflict ones we know exactly where it leads you. So, mm-hmm. only one of these three alternatives is good. Um, and barring situations where it is impossible for you to strike conversations with people for the reasons that we have said, we should try to put ourselves, you know, in a position where this happens. So don't be in a state of conflict. Yeah. Don't be in a state of small talk. Just talk to people, guys. Exactly. That's Just it. Talk to people. That's it. That's it. And believe it or not, by doing that, most of the time you're doing philosophy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's our little plug at the end. Yep. All right. I think that's it for Oof, today. That was good. All right. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.